0: So if there are kids out there that have started their own business and they've gotten a lot of hate from other kids or adults, what would your advice be to them?
1: To just some people, they don't think you can do it and just ignore them and focus on the people who like you and believe in you.
0: Welcome back to the Donkey and the Bee with your hosts Brett and Laura Cavis, where we talk all things marriage, entrepreneurship, and finance. And today we have two very special guests. They are our first guests on our show, and they're very near and dear to our hearts. We have our daughters Brooklyn, who is age eleven, and Blakely, who is age nine, and they are going to hear you're going to hear a little bit about their story about how they got started with their business. Fantastic
2: ladies. I'm glad to have you on so I think this is exciting because we've been talking about money We've been talking about financial freedom. We've been talking about raising kid entrepreneurs and We're here with our girls. We're here to allow them to share their story how they got started first with lemonade And then how they grew into their their jewelry company What they were doing with their business the challenges and I'm really excited to hear from them how they did this and if you have young kids and they are interested in entrepreneurship this is perfect for you to be able to show them this and show that, uh, that kids, even even littler kids, can get started in business, can learn these systems, can save to invest, and can you know start their financial freedom journey really, really early. So ladies, I'm very proud of you, and I wanted to talk to you about your story, and let's just share with people how you all got started, and uh, I know that you got started in Lemonade, so why don't we start there? B, why don't you tell us how you got started in lemonade and, and what were the, some of the lessons that you learned there?
3: So me and my sister, we started making homemade lemonade and we would sell it um, off the side of the street at our house. And we would do like donations, pick whatever you want to do. It could be like 20 bucks or two bucks, but um, we would make a good money off of that.
2: All right. So you say good money. Like wh- what kind of money were you making? Yeah, I was
0: just going to ask that.
3: Yes. Um, about $150 a day. Mm-hmm.
2: 150 bucks a day. That's pretty good money for a kid lemonade stand. Blake, how old were you when you were doing this lemonade stand?
1: I was four and she was six.
2: And what do you think about making $150 in a day when you were four years old?
1: That was really unnormal.
2: Unnormal, okay. <laughs> now, what did you do with all this money?
1: We split it, and we did. Out of every hundred seventy, goes to our bank. Twenty we get to spend, and ten goes to like our church, where like we go to Christian school. So something with our school that helps raise money.
2: That's fantastic. So you're giving you're giving money away. You're giving a portion of it, and you're giving it specifically to fundraisers that are going on at your school. Yes. All right. Fantastic. So you say you made a hundred and seventy dollars on some of these lemonade stands. How long were you doing these for?
1: Um, we did it every Saturday on on Saturdays, sometimes Sundays when the weather was good. Like every for two years.
2: So you were doing it just in the summertime. Yes. Okay. And then why did you stop?
1: Because COVID hit, and we made it homemade, and no one would buy that.
2: All right. So I gave you the kaiwash and said no more. We are not selling fresh squeezed lemonade to these passerbys anymore because COVID was. Was going rapid.
0: So Brooklyn, what was the next thing that we decided to do? What was the first question you asked? I should say, after we said we probably can't sell lemonade anymore.
3: So basically, um, we talked about it and we figured out that jewelry was very popular, and so we started. I started doing that, and I would I would make like these little hoops that had little beads on them and really easy to make little slide ons, and. I would sell them at my mom's gym to all of her friends.
0: So when we decided to do jewelry, how did we do that? What what did we do? Because did you know how to make jewelry? Did I know how to make jewelry? No,
3: no, we basically just went on YouTube and figured out how to do all the basics, and then we worked off of that.
0: So when we watched these YouTube videos on how to make jewelry, what did we do next?
3: Um. So we had these little metal tools, and we would make them with, the uh, jump rings and hooks and these charms. And we put them together, and it wouldn't take us that long. And it actually looks harder than it is, but it's it was fun in the beginning.
2: All right, so Blake, you've learned to make these earrings, right? You're on YouTube. You're kind of figuring it out. What did you do next? How did you try and sell these things?
1: So first, we went to my mom's gym, and we sold that for about... Week and a, week and a half, and then we went over to our church. We have stood in the front and started selling that. Then we ha- we bought these little boxes and we went down to the Georgetown squares, and Georgetown square, and then we filled them up. Tell people about our story that was just sitting on there, and we'd sell that.
2: Well, that sounds awesome. So you were started out with people you knew, right? Friends at the gym, friends at church. You you were building some confidence. You made a few sales. I don't I don't think you made a ton of sales at that point, but you were you were definitely selling some some earrings there and you were gaining confidence. You were learning to talk to adults. And then we took that to the next level, right? Your mom and I, we uh we showed you how to cold walk up to people, meaning like you didn't know them, they were strangers, right? So, let's talk about that. What was that like? What did you do and um Tell me a little bit about your 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 growth there as you went to selling at the square.
1: So uh, we w- went on the square. We had these little boxes. We filled them with earrings. Then we walked up to people and then asked them if they wanted to buy some earrings. We told them our story. And one night there was this group of ladies. There was like 12 ladies, and we sold out of um, everything.
2: That's fantastic. So to kind of paint the picture here, you're talking about these boxes, right? And we we went to I think Michael's and found like these cute little wooden boxes that are a little bigger than a shoe box. And we would fill those. And is it is it 26 pairs that you could fit into one of those? Yes. Okay, so each of you were armed with one of these cute little boxes. So you each brought 26 pairs. You got you got 52 pairs on a on a weekend night, and we go down to our little community hangout where there's lots of people, a lot of ladies out there having some wine and some some other drinks and and we'd go strategically, right, in the evening time as it was getting dark. And you would sell out. You each would sell out 50 plus earrings within what? How long was it? Be a couple hours or tell me about that.
3: Uh, it was about like, I'd say three hours. And it wasn't that hard. We'd just walk up to people and be like, hey, you want some earrings? Need
0: to be like, yeah. So as you were walking up to adult women and selling the jewelry that you made, was that a hard process for you? Was it easy to do? Was it hard to do? Were you nervous?
1: I think it was weird because some of them were super nice. They bought lots. Some of them were mean. They were, like, like confused about the price. They thought we were overpriced, and some people thought that we were underpriced. And it was weird when we walked up to bigger groups because we didn't know if, like, if they said no, it would be kind of, like, weird like walk up to them with just little kids.
2: I think that was your, your secret sauce is these ladies were so surprised and then also so impressed that you would go and, and have this business and you're doing it yourself. So can you tell me what was it that you would say when you walked up to a group of ladies?
1: Um, so I would say, like, hi, my name is Blakely. I make these myself. Would you like to look at them or purchase a pair?
2: Okay, so what'd you do?
1: Um, they normally asked us our favorite, which is them that they would normally buy every single time.
2: Fantastic. And what was the pricing of these earrings?
1: Well, some of them we had it gold-filled, which is about 5% real gold. So those were 28, and the other ones were
2: 20. 20 and 28. All right, nice. And so you said, ladies, some people thought your stuff was expensive. Some people thought it was cheap. What was people's reaction to, to your pricing and to uh, a little girl trying to sell it?
1: Some people were super surprised. Some weren't like, angry about how it was because they, since kids make it, they didn't think it was good quality.
2: So that's an interesting point there, right? So some adults are putting their limiting beliefs on you and thinking that because they don't know how to start a business or can't make jewelry, then obviously they're, these younger girls can't do it anyways, huh? What, what would you say to other kids who want to start a business, but they are scared that maybe they're not good enough.
1: You would say that like every, every, when you start, you're not going to be perfect. You just have to take little baby steps.
0: So you were walking around the square, walking up to adults, selling the jewelry that you made. So about how long were y'all doing that?
3: We did that for about a year and a half. And after that, we started selling mesquite Mesquite offers, which is like, it's on the square and it's like a bar and then a shop in the back. And we had our earrings in there and we would we would sell them and then we, we would go to the front and take our little baskets and we would tell people about it and they would walk in and look at the ones inside too.
0: So you all were doing that for a while. You were walking around the square selling in front of MCO and then the owner of MCO actually heard about you two girls and was very intrigued by your business that you made your own jewelry by yourself. And so she actually wanted a meeting with you to talk about selling your jewelry in her store. So can you describe exactly how that meeting went and how, what happened with that meeting?
3: So we all sat down at the table, and they would ask us how we wanted to sell them to us, and they would look at it, and they said, okay, we'll have you in the store. And I don't really remember much, but... Uh, We had our little luggage and we set it up on the side and I remember being really excited
0: and me like we were just like jumping
3: over town, like, yay and it was a nice moment.
0: Yeah, so we had a meeting with the two owners of this store and they talked to the girls specifically. They were not talking to Brett and I because it's their business. And so it was their first business deal talking to another owner who wants to sell their product. They talked about consignment versus wholesale, which I think the girls didn't quite understand at that time, which was totally okay because, again, it's all a learning process. I still don't understand it now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we decided we wanted to do wholesale, and so we had to create a display. So the four of us got together, and we thought of a cool display, so we bought old antique luggage. And we created a display within an old uh, luggage a container and we brought it to the store and I have a picture of the two of you by your luggage with your uh, jewelry inside the luggage in the display and it was like right in the middle of the store and I remember they literally were jumping up and down with excitement because they were so excited that their that their jewelry was inside of a store
2: well that's really cool so this was your first deal and it was what maybe two years ago or so that you you did this first deal how many times do you think that you have restocked and, and I guess there's there's about fifty pairs of earrings when you go stock it. How many times do you think that you've restocked it since then in the last two years?
3: I'd say probably about fifteen times um we would we go like mostly like every month and a half and we bring uh, new earrings and it's like depends on the f-
2: the season I think that's fantastic, and you started getting Little Famous, right, in, in the town, you girls, right? This is a um, the most popular kind of local bar and boutique, and it's uh, all the locals are there. And now all of these ladies in our Georgetown City were buying all of your stuff. They knew who you were. Did you find that like, as you were walking around the town and, and, and playing and eating ice cream or whatever you all were doing, that people would, would recognize you and come up to you and say hi?
3: So... Uh, they would come up to us and they would be like, hey, I bought some earrings from you. And we would be like, oh, cool, that's nice. And we would talk a little bit and then mom and dad would start talking and then give them a hug goodbye. But nowadays it's like I know everybody on the square. It's like every time we go over there, it's just like, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. And I'm like, it's, it's like my mom has so many friends. It's just now I have a whole big family. So,
0: Blake, have you ever been around town and seen someone wearing your earrings? And have you ever walked up to him and told him that you made those?
1: Yes, I actually saw one in a different town. I think it was like Jero. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was Joe. And I walked up to him and said, hey, I like your earrings. And he said, oh, yeah, you're the ones that made this. I remember buying these from you.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, it's a very common occurrence. We'll be out to dinner and the table next to us will be wearing the girls earrings. We'll be Like, hey, look, ladies, they're wearing your earrings. So a lot of times
0: they'll walk up and say, oh, hey, you know, where'd you get those? Oh, by the way, I made them. How do you like it? All right. So you all were in a store now and that was a huge, huge leap for your business. So what was kind of the next step that, that y'all took in order to get more sales for your business?
3: Our next step was we started doing market days, which is second Saturday of every month. And we have a little booth and we have a bunch of little places that we would go to, a bunch of different spots. And we originally started on Main Street and it was really nice and people walked by and they would be like, oh, there's little kids make this. And everybody was like, is that real? And they all walk up to my parents and be like, that's questionable. But it was it was a fun experience, and we've been doing that for about like four years now.
0: So, when you first got started with these vendor booths, how did you know what you wanted to display? What what did you put out? How did you make your booth look welcoming and inviting? Did you have any specific signs that said anything? How did you set that up?
1: Well, so we set it up. The first time, we just basically put everything out, and then the second time, we kept lowering it and like putting the favorites out. Then we had a sign on the front that said, Support Kid Entrepreneurs.
0: Did you put anything on your tables as far as decor that you think would be enticing to people, like bring people into your booth?
1: Yes, yeah, so we had a lot of greenery, and we had a bunch of fig plants, and we also had one of these walls in the back of them, and it was super
3: welcoming. And I, we also have this sign, and it says, um, uh, your husband called. He said you can buy anything you want. And every, every person comes up, and they start laughing at it.
2: All right, so you're transitioning. You're doing these monthly events now, and you both were about mm, – Maybe six, Blake, and you were eight years old or so at the time. And um, so now you're doing these full day events. We'd have to get there. It was like seven in the morning. We'd have to set everything up, and and Laura and I helped you all set everything up. But then we did our best to kind of stay away, right? And and had you run everything. And these would events would go, you know, for for eight or ten hours. Can you tell me about you know how was it for you being pretty young at the time to work? 8 or 10 hours, you know, in, in Texas heat, in Texas winters and be crazy busy and, and have literally like hundreds of customers all day long throughout the day and you're running your own technology, you're doing all the transactions. Did you do you think that that's normal and, and what was it like for you?
3: So, the thing that really pushed us along was um our parent, we had like this little price system and so basically every 50 pairs we sold, we would get, like, a ice cream or something, hot chocolate. And that really brought it along. And I remember always at the end of the day, we're always, like, really anxious for it to come on. And I – last time I actually, like, had set, like, a world clock and see when exact time it would go off. But I, it's still really fun, and we get to meet a lot of new people. And, yeah, we, All these people that we know, all these vendors, they're all our friends, and we've known them for a while now, and it's, like, made a little family. So I think
1: the main thing that was hard is when someone needed to go to the restroom and it was so busy, you couldn't leave. That was the main thing that I really didn't like.
0: How was it learning the technology? So you use Apple products, so you have Square how was it learning how to check out a customer?
1: Well, so you just basically it's easy. You just like look at what they have. We have a bunch of names for all of them. We just click on what it is, then you press checkout. Then you just and have the card, either tap it or put it in. And it's pretty easy. Once when my sister was gone and it was super busy... And one of them came over, and I had to tell them how to do it because I had no idea how.
0: <laughs> You're talking about us, right? You said one of them. You mean you mean one of your parents? Yes. Yes. I mean, they're still a big learning curve. They, they are rapid with this thing. I mean, honestly, they're opening it, bam, 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 checking it out, grabbing the card. That's because
3: we were born in this century. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, so no they're they're fantastic with it i mean blake was running these transactions when she was five years old at the time that's when we got their ipads and so uh we, you know we did practice runs the night before so they knew how to run it and we would practice it on our cards and so uh it, w- it was a little bit of a learning code but i think it, it it's very user-friendly and they picked that on pretty quick
2: so blake i've seen some of these events you do where you guys are really busy and You know, you can't even get up to the booth as as a customer to to look at your products. What is it like having just, you know, 20, 30 adults all surrounding your booth and asking questions and trying to check out and checking out earrings?
1: I feel like it's really overwhelming because I'm like, I'm here and here and here here, and like all over the place. So it's really overwhelming because I had to bring all my stuff over to one place and then they're like all over the place. And it's just a small space, and I always run into Brooklyn.
2: So, Blake, you say it's it's overwhelming when it's busy. What do you think, B? Do you like being busy like that, or do you like it when it's slower?
3: I like it busy when it's slow. I'm just, like, sitting there being bored to death. And when it's actually busy, I'm making some money. Like, every five seconds, it's, like, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. So, yeah, it's nice.
2: So, Blake, you've been telling me about your, your market days. Is there any other shops that you've guys gotten into?
1: Yes, we have gotten into the Austin Visitor Center, and we went in there. We had a little meeting to see, like, which ones they would do, what the pricing is. And when we dropped it off, there was one lady that bought it right there She asked for us to sign the cards.
2: Wait, so you gave your autograph to somebody? Yes. And you signed the earring cards? Yes. How was that?
1: It was weird because I feel like I did bad handwriting
0: (laughs) that that they won't be able to read it.
2: Okay, well, my handwriting is bad, too, and I'm 40, so it's going to be okay. (laughs)
0: All right, so you're both doing market days. You're in a few stores now. We're doing a lot of Christmas events. Okay, so what was kind of the next step for your business?
1: So right now we're starting on our website, like how to take the photos, like what to order, how much... To, like, put on there with the prices and all that stuff like
2: that. So what's the name of your business, and where can people find you online?
1: So our business is Kylan & Co. So we used to have two separate businesses. Hers was Brooklyn's Hammer Jewelry and is Blakely Kai Jewelry. So then we made it Kylan & Co. because my name's Kai, and the end of her name is Lynn. So we made Kylan. Then we started our website, and we made it kylanandco.com.
2: All right, so you girls have had good success. You are continuing to grow your business, but let me ask, what is the hardest part about a kid starting their own business?
3: I feel like the hardest part is how people keep doubting you and thinking, oh, you can't do as good as I can, and it's, it's difficult because people don't believe in you, and it makes it, makes it hard for you to believe in yourself.
2: So to follow up, when you say people, are you talking about other kids, people in your school, or are you talking about adults? Who are you referring to?
3: Um, I'd say everybody. Like all the kids in my school think that I'm some rich girl who just came into their school and just like brags about all of her money and that's not true. And then all of the people at uh, the market days, well, not all of them, there's a few people sometimes that don't believe that we did this, believe that it was my parents who did it, and that we're just taking all the credit for it, so people actually buy it.
1: Yeah, so some people, they want to know the price, and they look up, and they see kids inside the booth, Then they say, oh, where's your mom? I need to know how much this is. They just doubt us, because they can't do it.
2: So you're saying you already have haters?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to being an entrepreneur. <laughs>
2: Hey, adults have haters and kids have haters. But it's interesting because your haters are usually not kids. Your haters are other adults. So that's a really interesting thing. Because you are out there in your booth competing against other adults. You're not competing against other kids. There's no other kids doing this. And so you are in this game of adults, this game of business. And so there are people, there are literally adults who are jealous of you or that think that Laura and I are actually doing it and it's a fake and you're you're not really doing it because th- you're actually making more sales than them. Your, your business is more successful than
0: they are. So if there are kids out there that have started their own business and they've gotten a lot of hate from other kids or adults, what would your advice be to them?
1: To just some people... They don't think you can do it and just ignore them and focus on the people who like you and believe in you.
2: All right, so what is your favorite part about having your own business?
3: I like being able to meet people and and seeing how they work their stuff out and maybe helping them. They're helping me, and I get to meet a bunch of family. You no, know, like what Brooklyn said, and I like getting the money so I can
1: actually afford stuff for my American Girl dolls.
2: Well, this is an important part, right? (laughs) Kids want toys, and to have toys, you need money.
0: I would say, for my answer for y'all about the best part about your business would be the generosity. There have been so many times that there have been kids that come up to your booth that can't afford the pair of earrings, and you've been able to give it to them. There have been times where you just give a pair of earrings to a certain lady at a certain store or a certain individual who walks by or here's an extra pair for your daughter. I think that you both really thrive on generosity. I think this is something that I am super excited to see and watch that you guys are so giving. I mean, even with, with the cash that you guys have, there's certain times where you just are very giving and you'll purchase food for somebody Brooklyn has done that a few times at, at a few events. And so I think the generosity aspect is something that you both really enjoy and I actually really enjoy watching it.
2: All right, ladies. So if people want to check out your stuff and check out your earrings, where can they find you at?
3: They can find us at Facebook and Instagram, Kylan and Co. And on our website, kylanandco.com.
2: And what is your favorite earring that you ha- have online for sale right now that they should check out?
3: I love the Raining Gold. They're like little christmas trees but they're gold
2: and what about you blake
3: my favorite is
1: white fish room because it matches everything
3: and it's super light
0: well thank you brooklyn and blakely for joining us today on the show i know that you inspired so many individuals not just kids but also adults to start their own business to to work through all the hard stuff the the negativity that you get from other people and so thank you again for sharing your story and for being in our show And we will see you next time on The Donkey and the Bee where we will be talking about marriage, entrepreneurship, or finances, or all three together. Have a great day.